Hey, welcome to episode seven of the Off the Waitlist podcast. Uh, today, I get to talk mental health awareness, mental health issues with my friend Richard, who has been uh, going through some mental health issues for really as long as he can remember. And when he reached out wanting to share his story on the podcast, I said, absolutely, we got to have you on. A big reason why I started this whole podcast was to let people be heard who might not get to share their stories on any type of platform um, because they might not feel like anyone cares or anything like that. I I didn't want to only interview famous people, quote unquote. Uh, I wanted, you know everyday people to to share their story because you know a lot of healing begins when we start sharing our our stories so uh, i hope there's value in that um just as a warning there is talks of um trauma there's talks of suicide just want to let you know that um yeah but i think it's an important conversation like i said it's a it's a big conversation it shows his uh, willingness, it shows his uh, strength, it shows his vulnerability, all of that. So, And if you are ever in a crisis, please, please don't be afraid to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. Or you can actually text in by texting the word TALK to 741 one again text the word talk to 741741 don't be afraid to reach out with that said here's episode 7 of the off the waitlist podcast well shit man thanks for taking the time out of your day uh to do this I know, no, I know. No. Yeah, I know this is super important to you. There's a cat. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, that's the cat, Cleo. What up, cat? Love, come here. Where's the? Yeah. My dog. That's a cutie right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well. For for those listening on this podcast, uh, this is my friend Richard. I'm gonna let him introduce himself in just a second. Uh, but this is this is definitely a special edition of our podcast. Um, we're gonna talk about mental health, mental health issues, the state of mental health in our country, um, and Richard's gonna share a little bit of his story. Uh, so why don't you take it away? Tell us a little bit about yourself, brother. So my name is Richard. I'm 30 years old and I've lived in Wallingford, which is a little bit in Seattle my whole life. Currently, I work at Orange Theory Fitness, front desk, and I love animals. I love nature. I love helping people. Yeah, and that's how we that's how we really connected with this is that you just wanted to get your story out there because and that's honestly why I started this podcast is so we could hear stories like this is cuz, you know, I think 
a lot of people don't have an outlet to share their stories or, you know, they feel weird doing it by themselves. So I like to give an outlet for people to be able to share their story uh, and not have to be some, you know, famous per like, you know, like we're just normal people, you know what I mean? Right. I totally understand. That's like half the reason I've never felt like sharing my story and like how I, I never felt like I could help people with my story because who am I? Right. Exactly. But it's like, it's weird when you just find somebody who's going through something and it's like some of the stuff is so relatable. Um, I just hope that somebody hearing something happened to me and how I got through it could potentially help them. Absolutely. Um, because so many times for me, I, I don't post on my Instagram or I don't do, do stuff. I don't share my story because to your point, I'm like, no one fucking cares. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, which is in itself is a battle. Like, like no one cares what I have to say, but then like letting that ego go of like, you know, it's not about me. You know, it's about right. like, like what you said, it's about sharing your story. So, cause you never know who it's going to impact, who it's going to touch, who it's going to, you know, who, who it's going to change uh, for the exactly. better. It's a lot about your intentions as well. Like yeah. it's the same thing with sharing things on Instagram. Uh, I used to post a lot more than I do now. And most of the time it would just be things that I would either be happy about. And I want, you know, every, you know, uh, Christopher McCandless from into the wild, uh, his quote, happiness only real and shared. Yep. I, but, I, I really love that quote, but it also, it's like, I think it's a, it's a half truth, <laughs> right? Because yeah, you learn to be happy with right. yourself. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. um, let's let's start from the beginning what when did you realize that mental health was a thing for you you know what i mean like was it last year was it an incident that happened in your past where you're like hold up this isn't this doesn't this isn't cool this isn't right Um, that depends on what you mean by like, when I realized mental health was a thing, because I felt depressed and I felt this way as long as I can remember. Um, since a little child, I've always felt like a burden on my family because my mother was in a car accident when she was pregnant with me. And I was given to my grandmother when I was 18 months old. So as soon as I was able to be like cognitively thinking about my life and what my, my family is, I started feeling like I was just not supposed to be here. And yeah, it was, it was a long time. That's hey, that's just heavy to deal with specifically for, for anyone, what you know, any emotional capacity, but especially for a young kid, did you were you shy as a result? Were you reserved as a result? Were you flamboyant as a result? I was very shy. Mm. 
Yeah. And I'm still shy. Like I can come out of my shell. Uh, but even this right here, um, I'm definitely nervous. It's hard putting yourself out there for sure. You always thinking about like how you're going to be perceived, but I try to get that thought out of my head because more or less, I know I'm a good dude. I mean, well, and I'm just trying to help, but yeah, that, that's what it's about. And you know, that's, that's part of my job is to have this be just like as much of a conversation, like two dude, like two homies, just chopping it up, you know, about mental health. I know it's, I know it's a, a heavy subject, but like you said, it's an important subject for people to hear stories and people to hear struggles as well. Um, how have you been, how have you been able to combat that feeling? Um, exercise and nature. I love animals. I love nature. I have tarantulas, scorpions, and obviously a dog and a cat. I've cared for animals almost, I mean, since I was nine, I had snakes and then I got lizards and tarantulas and just went in. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's been like probably a really positive distraction as well as fitness because in my head, uh, I don't I'm trying to offend anybody, but the way I think about myself, I body dysmorphia. Um, so I never think that I'm like good enough. Mm. And I always say to myself, I'm not fat and depressed. And then it's also because like when you're healthy, your mind is healthy. So True. I knew that exercising was a good route. Distractions aren't always necessarily good, especially when there's like a major issue that you have to figure out a way to handle. Um, but if you're going to distract yourself, learning about animals is good. Exercising is good because you're going to make yourself healthier. And right. that makes things easier to process. It goes back to like a, a hero or a villain mentality. We, we have these, we, we, all of us have a choice, right? And we can choose how we decide to handle the shit that we're dealing with. Right. Yep. You can, you can go one way or you could go another way. I, you know, when people say I have an addictive personality, I'm like, I, I think we all do. Like we all got stuff that we're addicted to. It's just like, what are yeah, we? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. What's that? What are we addicted to? You know what I mean? And for someone like you and me, I think both of us are addicted to that feeling of fitness and the feeling of just, kind of pushing our bodies and minds to the limits where, you know, other, other things could maybe take us, but we don't want to necessarily go that, that route. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, I, I think there is a correlation between mental health and fitness as well. Like, I, I think that's pretty undeniable. I don't know any studies or anything like that, <laughs> but just from a common sense feeling, I'm like, yo, exercising makes me feel good. Yeah. I mean, I know that if you're not healthy in general, just eating bad food alone, help like message your body's ability up to be able to regulate its hormones and produce hormones. Hmm. So immediately you start feeling some type of negative way. Right. Whether it's physical or mental. A lot of the times it comes in both forms. True. True. Um, but yeah, 
taking care of your brain is just as important as your body. That's for sure. Uh, but going going back to uh, something that you mentioned previously, you said your mother was pregnant with you when she was in an accident. Um, how are is that something you're still processing? Is that something you're still something you're still dealing with uh, emotionally, mentally? Yeah. Yeah, all the time. Um, I think about it quite regularly. The fact that I am as normal as I am and I am like able to be a functioning member of society while being like at least what I would consider uh, an, an athlete. And I'm super happy. I feel, I mean, it's weird sometimes when I say I feel lucky because of all the stuff that I have gone through, but all the stuff that I have gone through to come out like how I am, regardless of like the constant bringing up of this feeling, I, I am lucky. Yeah, and I, that tells me a lot about A, your yeah, perspective and, on life, your perspective on hardship, your perspective on trauma, your perspective on, on everything because... Trauma, your perspective on, on everything because... Again, everything comes down to a choice where we can choose to be angry, bitter, upset, uh, lash out at people, which is a very real and honest reaction. You know, I'm not here to shame anyone yeah. who who reacts that way because Especially of the trauma that they're how to do or like you don't know how to react. Right? Exactly, like we just like we haven't been taught how to react we just react how we react right but yeah. um you and i are similar in that sense where we're both pretty optimistic um and we both have that kind of attitude of gratitude where no matter what we go through we always we always try to find a positive we always try to um seek something out that's good and i think yeah no, ma no matter what, because I don't know about you, but for me, I don't like I it took me a long time to acknowledge the feelings of anger and and depression and anxiety. And for a long time, I just swept it under the rug because I didn't want it to run my life. So I wanted to live in, you know happiness and abundance and, and, and all those buzzwords that you hear now. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to live in that playground and I didn't acknowledge the other playground, but I think it's important to acknowledge that all of us have both of those playgrounds and they're, they exist, right? They're both fully there. It's just what playground do we choose to play in more that kind of shapes us. You know what I mean? Well, and also it's like what people always say about bottling things up, right? You, you can't ignore it. It's only going to get worse. And part of life is, is struggle. You know, there's going to be some traumatic events. And I feel like a lack of those things or like trying to avoid those things you, you don't get to it. I mean, I feel like I wouldn't enjoy the things that make me happy now as much mm. you, know, you need struggle to be able to enjoy that happiness. 
Yeah, because there, there's so many different like ways to think about it, right? Like, like I, 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 yeah, like, you have I, to struggle I, to feel good to be good. Right, right. And so for a long time, for me, I was trying to figure out a way. Like, can I still, can I still live an abundant, happy, fulfilled life without experiencing like, all that without experience? <laughs> you know what I mean? Get, like, but it takes so, yeah. get, like, it takes but it takes so much work. It takes so much work to live in that headspace of gratitude while things are going good. Because automatically, your brain is trying to find something wrong. Yeah. Right. Wrong. Because be a fair weather fan. Yeah, it's, only it's looking for the good times. Exactly. Because your brain is like, this. This is too good to be true. Like, you know, our, our brain is constantly trying to pull us, pull us back, even in times of abundance. The amount of times I've thought that this is too good to be true. That's what I'm saying. So like we, we, we become our own worst enemy in that sense where it's like, yo, just like, let it be like, you know, yeah. like in times, in times of good, like, let it be enjoy it because you know life is a cycle we like the good will always come around and just like you said the bad will always come around too and it's just how we prepare for those bad moments and mm -hmm. our perspective on the bad moments like like you said i think is is so important when we're dealing with mental health because i don't know about you but for me when the bad cycles come around, I've, I've done, for me, I've done a better job of being like, okay, this is a bad moment. I don't like this, you know, because the universe will listen to you. So if I say, no, yeah. this is, this is not what I want. I need to change my frequency or whatever it is that whatever language it is that you use. Cause this needs to, this needs to go. So we'll say, Oh, no, I was just going to say for you, what, when you're, when you get into a space that you don't want to be in, what are some, what are some tools that you use? Do you just like let it ride? Do you, you know what I mean? I mean, so it's, it's, it's funny. One thing I'll say is uh, going through all the stuff that I've gone through for the amount of time that I went through it one good thing that it's done for me is that it's made me worry less about like small problems mm. and like things that generally and genuinely don't affect my day to day life. Mm. Um, so I have a lot less anger issues than I did when I was like a teenager, you know, and even something big that happens when it happens, I'm like been through worse. We can get through this, you know, like, it's like experiencing so many hard times has made me better at dealing with hard times and dealing with that feeling inside my head. True. But um, the exercise has pretty much been the only outlet in general that I can do to get out of those thoughts. Because mm. I know that this, like, I don't want to say that depression is something chemical in the brain. It, like there are chemicals working and 
obviously hormones come into a into play and certain people do take medication and it, it needs to happen for certain types of mental disorders. Um, but saying that it is definitively a chemical thing in your brain means that it, like there's no way to change it without medication. Mm. You know? And I, that's why I exercise because I know there is a way to change it without medication. You right. hurt yourself, put your body through stress and your body will produce those hormones that are supposed to make it feel better because you just went through something hard. Right. Right. You, you use fitness as practice. Yeah. Right. It's, it's practice for you to be able to be like, okay, I did that. I rode a fucking half marathon. Like I can get through, like, which I know you've done. Uh, yeah. So, so I want to do a full. Yeah. So I know you've done it. So, so when you're like, Oh shit. Okay. Like I did something. I like, I did something very hard. I know I can get through pretty much anything. It might take a little time. Yeah. Like, like rowing a half marathon takes a little time. Right? <laughs> too much time. Yeah. But <laughs> that's the thing too. You can't rush it. Right. Right. And you just got to trust the process. Like, you know, you can't come out of the gate super fast on a half marathon row. It's like, it's something that you just kind of need to trust and trust in your practice. But, uh, did you, did you have anyone to kind of lean on to talk about, did you go through therapy? Did you, um, cause you know, that's, that's part of the process of, of healing is having those, those people to talk to not, you know, sometimes, working out is great and it absolutely can change your uh, chemicals in your body. That's what we're doing, right? Like getting those, getting the blood flowing, getting endorphins going, but sometimes like talking it out is, is just as valuable. Yeah. Um, so I actually have never been to therapy in my life until recently. Mm. Um, a little bit about my recent history right now is I was in the hospital a couple of weekends ago and it was because I had a mental breakdown and I was going through one of my normal <laughs> normal uh it's happened before where I'm just like everything is so much too much to deal with I feel alone um to like something my grandma has instilled in me is like don't accept help and if you can't do it by yourself then you're not trying hard enough Hmm. Um, but that night I just, my head, I'd like, I don't want to hurt myself and I don't want to die, but my head always goes back to how do I make this pain stop? Hmm. How do I stop feeling so horrible and so alone? Hmm. Um, so I called my neighbor in the middle of the night, screaming, crying, and I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I needed. I just knew that I needed help. And that's all I could say. Uh, I was in the hospital and I mean, I was uh, one thing like full disclosure, I was tripping on mushrooms as well. So it's like bad trip, uh, making me think everything that I've ever thought about my whole life repeated and I could not stop thinking it. Mm. And it's like having a song stuck in your head that just keeps repeating, but you know, the like all the lyrics, the, the entire beat, you know, the whole thing. And it just, you can't shut it off. Right. 
and I didn't want to go. I don't want to go through this alone anymore. Yeah. I can't. I know I yeah. can't. The fact that my head keeps going back to that place. Uh, so I put myself in the hospital, and now I'm seeing a therapist. And it's I've seen it. I've talked to him twice so far, and both times. I mean, it's only an hour session, but it's. Uh, sorry, I'm like super shaky right now because we're like reliving that whole thing. Is. Uh, yeah, like, of course, like, let me know if it's like shit too much. No, I'm cool. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm being open. Yeah, I want to be open now. Uh, a huge thing was like, I didn't want to accept help because I was going to feel weak. Right. But everybody has help in some way or another, you know, a family that helps them or friends. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have that with my family. My grandma didn't really helped me much she said she'd be there but every time i asked for it she gave me that you should be able to do that yourself right so now that i'm actually accepting help and actually you know allowing myself to realize that it's okay to to need help um it feels that's, so much different that's huge that's right huge. and well, talking to the therapist was so different than talking to anybody before because like before it was somebody would tell you oh you just got to get through this or you've been through a lot. You're, you're trying hard. And it's like in my head, it's like, yeah, I know I yep. get it. And, it and change how I feel right now. And nothing's going to change if something doesn't change. Right. So yeah. a lot of the time, uh, like I heard someone say a lot of the time we're just one degree off. Like it doesn't need to be anything super major. If we just shift our path one degree then the long term like it gets so your life can change just by changing one degree over a course of time and i'm really glad that you were able to reach out to your neighbor and also start to you know be like okay i can't accept help because that's something that you haven't done in the past um or let me rephrase, because you asked your grandma, right, for to be yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, I always run away, right? But I'll it wasn't things. right, and nothing against your grandma, but she just wasn't capable of going there for you, right? right. Um, and I don't hold anything against her. Right. I was, I just had a bad beginning, <laughs> right? And you know, something probably happened in her life where she, you know, that that belief was instilled in her. Right. Yeah. And so right. yeah. some like someone probably did it to her when she needed help. Someone probably was like, Hey, you need to figure this out on your own. Cause you need to be strong. Right. Right. It's like, hold up this whole, this whole shift in our culture and our, in our system where it's actually strong to be, to ask for help. You know, it's, a, it's, I think that's, I think that's a, it's interesting because Growing up when we grew up, I'm 30, almost 38 now. So growing up in the 90s, it was very much like, hey, rub some dirt on it, get up and go. Mental health did not exist up until right. seven years ago. We, no one even talked about it. I mean, especially us being men too. You're always told. 100%. Don't cry. 
-hmm. about anything. Don't your feelings. So we're like almost already taught just about being a male to bottle everything up and do right. it ourselves. Right. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's, it's always very freeing when I, when I see someone being really vulnerable, like, like you are now, because like it gives other people permission to be vulnerable. So that's why us having this conversation is so huge is because, you know, as, as long as we're comfortable and we feel safe sharing our stories, then, then other people will allow themselves to share their stories and reach out for help and, and, and understand that, you know, it takes a village. You know what I mean? Um, and babies are okay. You right. can't, you don't just dive in and immediately start seeking therapy. You can try and tackle it on your own. And it will, it did help me figure out a lot about myself and mm. a lot about life in general. And I think you should accept help, but you don't need to rush the process. And just like getting a job that'll put you in a different situation could be enough to make that start happening. Yeah. What I think I think it's important, especially, you know, being an athlete yourself with so many athletes coming out and, and talking about mental health and taking weeks off for mental health. Because like I said, us growing up, that, that world didn't exist. Like, you know, uh, a famous tennis player would never be like, yo, I need two weeks off because for mental health. That's right. It's, it's ultimately what we needed. Yeah, it's ultimately what we needed, but we didn't call it mental health. We just were like, yo, I just need to take a break. Like, we, we didn't have a right. for it. Like, yeah. I just say call it a, a vacation. You know? Yeah. Like, everyone forgets. Yeah. Like, Michael Jordan took 18 months off of basketball. Took like, it was, it was so it was so much. All the hype, the hoopla, all the games. I'm, I can't even imagine what it would be like if social media was around then. But there was so much pressure on him. If you watch The Last Dance, you kind of got a feeling for it. But I can't even imagine what kind of pressure that was. Even one of the greatest athletes of all time took 18 months off in his prime because it was too much. He was like, yo. I need to go play baseball where no one's watching, even though everyone's still watched, but like, yeah. no, like no, just away from it all. Like right. in his prime, he had to take he 18 months off. He's like, I'm going to do it. Exactly. For him. Because, you know, and, and he, at the time we, it wasn't, again, it wasn't called for mental health, but it was for mental health. Like if looking back, we could be like, yo, he needed, he needed, um, he needed a day or a few days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And, and that's, we, we live in a time now just from a worker's experience and a work, like an employer experience where like, listen, hiring is really hard right now. And getting, getting people to work 
and be consistent is really tough right now because people need more and more mental health days. They need more and more recharge days. Like this whole Monday through Friday, nine to five bullshit, that's, it still exists, but it's kind of, it's kind of a dinosaur at this point, you know? Yeah. Like people work nine to their nine to five job. They also have a side hustle. They're also, you know, teaching a group fitness class here and there on top of their nine to five. They're driving for Uber. They're delivering groceries. They're doing side odd jobs. When is their time to fucking take a break? I know at that point you're trapped. Exactly. And that's, I mean, yeah, that's one thing that I've been considering about my life too. Like that's, I, I never cared for like planning for my future because I just didn't think I was, I didn't know how long I was going to make it. And I didn't think I deserved what I wanted for myself. So I wouldn't go and try and do it. Um, and I think, so I, I work at Orange Theory, like I said, and I've been working there for like five years now. It's probably been the best thing for me just in terms of me getting out of my shell and I have, cause I have social anxiety and sitting at the front desk of Orange Theory, I have to be this happy person who has to talk to a whole bunch of people. And that was scary as hell in terms of like me, like I'm, I thought I was going to be awful at it, mm. but I met so many people and so many people there that have been helpful to me that are now my great friends. And I'm, I needed that job though. Cause to like help me change myself the way I, to be who I wanted to be as well as I needed to get away from my, my house. Yeah. I needed a job yeah. where I could sit at a front desk, be around happy people and to not be surrounded by just chaos all the time. So it would be me going to work and that was my chill time. And then I would come home and it's like, it's not, it wasn't a normal home. It, yeah. There was I feel you because when we get trapped alone is when we can get trapped in our thoughts and our, right. and our thoughts is what triggers a lot of the shit that we have to go through. Yeah. Because I always, I always, I work like pre, like, uh, before and after school programs for kindergarten through fifth graders. And I would always tell the kids, listen, we like, I know it seems fake, but we are actually wizards and witches. Like we are because how do you conjure spells as a witch or a wizard? You use words, you use incantations. So when we, when I tell you you're fat, you're ugly, you stink. That's my incantation towards that person. And guess what? They might believe it. They might not believe it. You know, they might believe it some, but that's the spell that I've cast, you know, and a strong witch or wizard uses their words. And the stronger the witch or wizard is, the more the person believes it. Dude, what a deep message for and, kids. And <laughs> well, well I, I worked with the older kids. So it was always like fifth, sixth, and seventh graders who were so oh, just, just mean know, to like, each other. 
<laughs> yeah. And, 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 but what's dangerous is we do it to ourselves too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, like what you were saying when, when you were, uh, the other, uh, the past weekend that you were talking about that event, we can get in these modes where we say these incantations to ourselves. Oh, it's, it's like you said, it's like a song and you know, every lyric in every rhythm of the beat and you know everything about the song and you can't help but be hypnotized by it and you can't help but think that that is your life and it's so hard and i'm so thankful you had that friend and ooh, i'm getting emotional talking about this for you i'm so glad you were able to get to that point where you were like i need to call someone and, and I hope that anyone listening to this has someone to call. There are certainly resources out there if you don't have a friend or a family member to reach out to. Um, but we just got to be careful of what we're telling ourselves on a daily and nightly basis, especially, especially when we're alone, right? And, you know, if I'm more than willing to talk to anybody as well, you know, like... I'm not sad. Like, I'm going to say exactly what my girlfriend told me where it's like, I can't give you the help you need professionally, but I can support you and I will try to be here for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a smart way to, that's such a smart, intelligent way to say that because a, you know, you're supported. That's step one is just, right. And you got that support. Where did you find inspiration growing up? Like when was the first time you took a fitness class? Was it always fitness for you? Or like growing up, was it like, oh shit, I'm about to dive into these video games? <laughs> yeah, definitely video games for sure was my first outlet. Um, I still play video games and my best friend, like he lives in Olympia and it's pretty much the only way we can connect. Mm. I was up to like, almost 3 a.m. last night playing with him. Which, what, game, what games do you play? Um, I mean, I play pretty much any game you can think of from like Call of Duty to Skyrim to Minecraft. Um, but me X and him... Xbox? Yeah, yeah. Drop your gamer tag. <laughs> it's Kermit the Fog 206. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, and that's F O G, not frog. Fog. That's, that's, that's amazing. 206? Yep. <laughs> amazing. All right, I'll add you because I'm on Xbox. I don't play a lot, but uh, I'm, on, I'm on there sometimes. And, uh, yeah, you know, video games is, is a unique thing because, again, it's, it's just an outlet. Right? Yeah, it's it's a way to escape. You're escaping into someone else's reality. You're escaping into. You're putting yourself into someone else's avatar, and living a yeah. life, right? Right, and you're. It's an escape. Yes, it's an escape from reality where you are able to control everything. Hundred percent. And if you want to fly. If you want to experience what it's like to fly through the sky, you can do that. There's 
endless possibilities and the some of the stories like the witcher if you're familiar with that series yeah um, the video game is intense especially the witcher 3 it's such a long game and the story is just as good as like game of thrones or any other show you would see my my friend who's who's an avid gamer loves that game loves that game i got lost and skyrim is one of those games too yeah, like I lost a month of my life to that game just playing it every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do you? Is it something intentional? Do you even think about that? Like, okay, this is just for fun. Like, I'm doing this for fun, or is it like, you know what? I need to take a step back. I just need to like zone out and play a game for a little bit because, like you said, intentions are very important and intentional with what you do when in times of, I don't want to say crisis, but in times of like when we're not feeling our best, like your intentions are super important. More or less. I do it because I like to do it. Yeah. It makes you feel good. Exactly. It's fun. It's enjoyable. And it, it, makes dor- dopamine and endorphins produced in my brain and that chemical thing. But that, that's another part of it right there is like, I try not to look at something for just one aspect. I try to look at all of the avenues, um, how it is beneficial for your, your hand-eye coordination, for your cognitive thinking and your capacity to understand and read even. Yeah, it's a puzzle. Um, yes. It's like no and, different than a puzzle. As well, it's an experience, right? Like you put yourself into situations that you would never experience ever. So how would you ever know how to deal with those? Like obviously some of them are never going to happen, like the fantasy things. Right. But the conversations between characters. Right. You, it's like same with TV shows. It can I was be the just going to say. Yeah. Yep. You learn how people react. 100%. It's, it's no different than binge watching a Netflix show for four hours or getting lost right. in a movie for three hours. It's, it's no, I think, I think video games get kind of a bad stigma. You know, they do. Like, I, <laughs> I, I just think that, you know, it's like you said, it's no different than than watching a movie or a TV show because you're still getting lost in a story. The cool thing about right. video games is that you get to be a part of the story and you get to kind yeah, of con- control the story. The like, damn, of your own show. Yeah, lay off us gamers, y'all. Let us play <laughs> without judgment, please. Also, it goes back to intention. Yes. Like, I think the fact that there is so much stigma gives people like this bad idea about it. And then some people might go to it for the wrong reasons or they have, they already have this thing. Like it's not supposed to be beneficial in any way. Yeah. So I'm just going to make it a-, a bad thing now for my life or like yeah. people who play yeah. games too much and they don't get outside ever. Um, it can be bad, but if you don't look at it as a bad thing, if you look at it as a beneficial thing that helps you be happy, helps you learn things, it it changes the whole thing. If you can take something away from your gaming experience and it's like, yeah, heck yeah. Um, 
do you think that do you think that the world is too soft now as a society yeah absolutely i think it the same thing with intention words there's so many words you just can't say around people no matter what you mean when you say it like even if I'm talking to my best friend and me and him talk a certain type of way right. where if someone heard us talking about shit, they would be like, Hey, you can't talk that way. And my only response to that is I can talk, I can say whatever I want to say as long as I'm not meaning to hurt somebody by saying it. If I'm not, if I don't have ill intent, you know? Yeah. And if it's just two friends calling each other, bitch, and like person up a storm, <laughs> obviously that around like kids and like in certain areas, but you can't tell me I can't call my friend a bitch. Yeah. Right. If he tells me not to, then I won't. But right. that's the thing. So, we don't say it. We don't. <laughs> see, this, this is where this conversation gets interesting to me because I generally think that we're too easily offended now. Yeah. Um, Cause we're allowed to be now we are allowed to be now and but where it gets interesting is that people we have triggers like people have triggers right and so it's hard sometimes for me and I, I this is just something I have to learn because like I said we not that this is an excuse but we just grew up in an era where it was like you could basically say whatever the fuck you want to say um, and it just right. doesn't, it just doesn't matter. And if you're offended, then like, okay, like get over it. Like, what do you like, yeah. you know? Um, but now we just have to be so careful of what we say, but because people have, we have these mental health triggers now. So right. it's, it's so interesting that, um, all this awareness around mental health is coming around because, and, and specifically for you that, you know, we can think that the society is soft, but also we have to understand that people have triggers that trigger their mental health. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's where, that's where it gets like interesting to me is because, I've talked to a lot of people about mental health and where they're at, but you know, there's a general consensus that we are too soft, but it's like, okay, like if we are, if we are too soft as a society, we have to understand that, you know, people have these triggers and us dealing with mental health stuff. Can we be empathetic or sympathetic towards those people? You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a quote that is, super strong to me uh like hard times breed strong men strong men breed good times and good times breed weak people mm. and it's because when you don't have things to struggle through you get complacent you you stop looking at what really matters in life and you start getting to up you know getting to complain about Oh, my whole day was ruined because of this one thing that happened at the coffee shop. Right. It's like really your whole day revolved around that one moment. 
Like, you need to reconsider what your issues are. Yeah. <laughs> like, I used to get, I used, like, for me, when the Seahawks lost, it would be like a day lost. Be like, ah, like, you know what I mean? And it's like, hold up. Like, what am I doing? Like, just because a team that has really nothing to do with me, other than that, that they rep my city and I, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy sports, mm-hmm. but it's like, they're going to make my day shitty just cause they lost. Like, you know, I got, I got some things to consider here. <laughs> <laughs> and beyond that too, like, I think it's, it's so funny to me that the people who are getting offended most of the time nowadays automatically start to become offensive and, become hateful and hurtful and they automatically go to spite like oh you said this thing that offends me so now i have free range to say whatever i want to say yeah yeah it's let somebody know excuse me that doesn't i don't like the way you said that or that made me feel bad right that the divisiveness in the country is something that's very concerning and uh, like we've been divided for so long but like when, for example, when nine eleven happened. That's my birthday. I don't know if you remember. Oh shit! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so when nine eleven happened, there was this weird—not weird. There was this sense of like we're all in this together. You know what I mean? Like there was. I'm, I had the opposite because since it was my birthday, kids were very mean. And they're like, you did it. It was your fault. They started calling me like the devil child and shit. I'm like, that's so funny. Well, if I already wasn't the owner. (laughs) You're one of like four people that I know that have 9-11 birthdays. And, but like, as far as like Like, repairing the country and rebuilding the country and like, we're all in this together. I don't. Right. It did a lot of people together. Yeah. It brought a lot of people together in a way that was would i don't think would happen now like it just it just hard times bringing bringing strong people yeah it i don't think that as a country in 2021 if something catastrophic like that happened i don't know if there would be this sense of unity that was like it was back in 2001 and i'm sure there'd be a lot of blame yeah there i mean there is a lot of blame now looking back still, yes probably more but there was still always a sense of like unity even even with everything coming out like fahrenheit 9-11 like all that stuff started coming out after but there was there was still this sense of unity and and to your point what you were talking about it was when all of a sudden the bullied becomes the bullies you know what I mean? And it's it's hard to have a conversation now. It I get standing right. up I get standing up for yourself because we should all stand up for ourselves. And you know, just because I think about it one way doesn't mean everyone should think about it this way too. But for me, like if I if I become if I'm bullied and then I become the bully, it doesn't make sense to me. You know, right. Well, so my whole idea of trying to wanting to help people and wanting to put my story out there and 
It's like, I don't want people to feel as bad as I felt. Yeah. I don't want people to feel bad in general. Like whenever somebody feels sad, I feel awful. Mm. I'm, I can feel that pain. Even in just like movies where it's like there's loss, like somebody loses somebody they care about, their son dies. I'm a tear up because I've experienced so much loss in my life for like people that I thought I cared, you know, that I thought cared about me and eventually they, I lose them. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, I think being hurtful because you were hurt is never the right route. It's, it's, yeah, it's a, t- it's a tough look because again, I think we all should stand up for ourselves. Can we do it in a productive way? Pick your moments, pick your battles. Maybe that, maybe that's the right answer, right? And maybe, maybe Wait, you I, figure out what matters the most. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't be searching for a right answer, but I'm like, damn, how can like what can we possibly? So I have a theory that the only way that we could possibly unite the world is having a galactic Olympics, because because we would get what? Because yeah, we would get. <laughs> It would not be good. We would. There's no way we are the superior life form. We we wouldn't. We wouldn't even be in the Olympics if like like like. Let's be real. But we but the the ball. Yeah. How how united we become as a country every four years when the Olympics comes around. Every country, because there's so much pride. It's like is the only way the world's going to come together is if we have something to cheer for all together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's funny that I say that during these times because nothing like COVID has happened in our lifetime. Right. Right. It's like, there's certain events like world, even the world war one, world war two, it was not, it affected everyone, but it wasn't like, you know what I mean? It was, it was only affecting uh, People few, could stay at their homes and not worry about it. Right. A few. It was only affecting a few countries. Right. This is everywhere. Like it's everywhere. The whole world has to worry about this shit. So, like, it's so crazy that we're all in it together. Social media at its finest brings us together, but it also, on the other end of it can really fuck with our heads in so many different ways. What are your thoughts on social media and mental health tying into it? Me, myself, I've never had too much of an issue with social media. Um, I'm not one of those people who like, is like, I can't leave the house without my phone. Yeah. You know, um, and I've never had an issue with, like, I feel like looking at Instagram too much has never had a negative impact on my mental health. In fact, it's, I, it's because it's, it depends on what you look for, mm. right? Who you follow. Um, you can use it as a great route, but it can also be a rabbit hole, True. right? the way you think about it too. If you look at like, Oh, this person's life is so great. I wish that was my life. Mm. I think that's the trap. Right. They, or like you see your friends go out and you're like, Oh, why didn't they invite me? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like the way, 
the way your mind works against itself is incredible. And I think you just constantly need to acknowledge that, that there is multiple ways to look at something. Right. Do, are you, um, do you, when, when we're talking about mental health and like, like we going back to those incantations, how we talk to ourselves and how important it is there, have you, there's a book called the power of now. Have, have you heard of it? I have not, no. So the power of now talks about how we need to, I mean, like obviously yoga and stuff talks about this too, but disconnecting our thoughts and our mind away from who we are, how we identify ourselves. So if you can think about your conscious, your thoughts as a fist and who you are as a being, as like an outer ring of that fist, if you can pull yourself away and just observe like your thoughts, then it's so empowering because you realize that you're not your soul and your, your being is not tied to your mind. Right. You know what I mean? Because uh, like you said, your mind can be absolutely the worst enemy. If you, if you, if you want it to be. So yeah, it will be quick if you don't, think about that super quick so i always like i always like that thought of like you know what your thoughts aren't who you are your thoughts aren't your soul your thoughts aren't who you are as a being and you know for anyone listening i know that sounds really like woo woo ish right it sounds, <laughs> it sounds very like wow this is this is getting really this podcast is getting really weird. Uh, but for me, a big action step is when I get into those times of feeling down, I'm really careful of the words that I choose to tell myself. And I think that's, that's an important action step for me. Um, and, and moving forward, I know we're running short on time. Uh, but for you do you do you have any advice for someone who might be struggling uh right now definitely get help definitely accept help if it's there um don't feel like you need to go through it alone and keep your body healthy because that's going to be so much more positive of an impact than you can imagine because mm. when your brain chemistry is right and your body is right, it makes things a lot easier to process and go through. That's, that's so true. And it's something that we can control, right? Yeah. Like diet is your main thing that you can control, right? Right. Exercise is hard, but diet is, you just need to go to the grocery store, right? right? You need to right. not buy some candy and cookies and all this stuff every single day. I'm not saying never, but you know, one you degree, it. one degree. Exactly. Just yeah. take the trip to the grocery store, get something healthy for your body. Learn about nootropics. Do you know what those are? No, tell me about them. 
uh, there it's basically just brain food put it simply it's different foods and herbs and certain things that help your brain chemistry like I take lion's mane mushroom every single day and it's a neuroprotective and neuroregenerative so it regenerates neurons in your brain and it protects the neurons from degenerating it's been used to fight against ALS Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and it's proven to work for like memory and focus and cognitive function and ever since I've taken it, I've definitely been able to think a lot clearer. That's dope. Nootropics. Maybe, if, I mean, I would love to push out a brand if I can. Yeah, do it. Okay. Yeah, we, it. Hey, we might get sponsored. <laughs> I would I mean, I want to be sponsored by this company for sure. Both of them. Uh, this company it is Nature Realm Co. And it's a seven mushroom powder they have lion's mane cordyceps shiitake mayatake chaga reshi and turkey tail i believe that's seven but yeah this is a great company they actually sent me this for freebie just because i've been a customer for so long um i'm not paid to say any of this but i would love to do <laughs> Paid in mushrooms. Um, yeah, then, paid in mushrooms. And then this is something I just started taking. It's a company called Gorilla Mind. And it has multiple different supplements. This one is their actual cognitive and like nootropic function. It is great. It's got like efficacy. It's just doses of everything. I'm not going to go over the doses or like over with the ingredients right now, but there's tons of stuff. Lion's mane is in there. And that, oh my God, I highly recommend you try it because the first day I took that, so you can use this for like the gym, for work, yeah. for studying. Uh, it just gives your brain clarity and like that brain clarity can even help with your mind's muscle connections. So like, yeah, the first day I took that, I got my PR on my 2000 meter row and I got six minutes in one second and I was stoked. <laughs> That's tough right there. I don't know if anyone has rode a 2000 meter row before, but doing six minutes is tough. Uh, yeah, I, I was happy. <laughs> uh, Richard, why don't you kind of share a little bit about your story uh, I know, I know it's a lot to kind of go over and if you ever feel uncomfortable, just let us know. Um, you're supported here, not only by me, but by our list, by our four listeners that we have on the podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but with that being said, um, why don't you kind of take us through a timeline of what, what traumas you've been dealing with, what, what, um, what you've been dealing with and how we can support you and just by listening. So to keep it more or less compact, my whole life I've felt like a burden. I said that on my family and my grandma was never there for me when I needed her, told me the wrong things and kind of just messed my head up and confused me as a child. Fast forward till five years ago when I got my job at Orange Theory was the hardest time of my life. Um, I was going through weeks where it would be three days of no sleep and I'm opening still at 
4 a.m. every day and got to put on a smile. And I wasn't getting sleep because there was police over at my house every night dealing with my brother. I've had the SWAT over at my house multiple times to remove him. Um, I'm always treated like a criminal at this time too. Like they don't let me in my own house, which I, I get, but yeah. Uh, my brother was diagnosed with psychosis, but the stuff that he went through being an alcoholic and he became violent and he's tried to poison me. He's tried to blow up our house with me in it. Uh, I came, I was in my room and I could smell gas and I obviously I'm like, what's that? I go out in my, the rest of my house and it's my second floor. I could smell the gas from the first floor. My brother's just sitting in the back room listening to music with a lit cigarette on the counter. And I would constantly come home from work just wondering if I was going to have a home to come home to, wondering if my brother killed my grandma. Uh, and all the time the police were saying that we can't really do anything because he hasn't hurt anybody. So I constantly felt like I was going to end up that family in the news, like where his, the brother kills the whole family. I was more or less terrified of him in fear of like unknowing of what he would do, not knowing what would happen was terrifying, but knowing what he was capable of, I was always ready. Uh, and then I kicked him out of the house as soon as it became too much, we we went through mental health courts and nothing helped. And I forced him out of the house because he was trying to rob our grandmother. And she went through so much dealing with him that she became an alcoholic and she started drinking herself to death and saying that she wanted to die and didn't want to deal with any of this anymore. Now she has dementia and she's in a home, but I was trying my best to take care of her deal with my brother's craziness while also putting on a happy face early in the morning for a bunch of people coming to work. And that's why I loved that job so much because it was just peace and quiet for something. Mm. Uh, but that was the hardest time of my life. That, that period, not just like five years ago, it started a long time ago. I went through that for about 10 years with just repeating that process over and over. Crazy. And I'm so happy I have such good restraint. I've never hit my brother. Um, and that was the only reason that night that when I kicked him out that I didn't go to jail for domestic violence is because my brother called the police on me after I kicked him out. And since I didn't hit him and there was no marks on him, I was okay. But yeah, no, I think just dealing with my brother's alcoholism and my grandma's alcoholism and having to take care of two other people while I could barely figure out how to take care of myself. Mm. It was driving me insane. And I thought there was something wrong with me along the whole time because I didn't have many friends who wanted to spend time with me. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a lot. I thought I constantly thought there was some, some reason that people didn't want to spend time with me, but now I know that it was just more or less. It was me separating myself from the world. Uh, because I felt like something was going to get exposed, like a chink in my armor would be seen and I would be seen as a weak person who has, who's crazy or something. Mm. So 
it's a lot, mainly stemming from my grandmother and my brother and dealing with them <laughs> and also not feeling a part of that family. Yeah. Well, shit, man, that's, that's definitely a lot to go through. Uh, I know it's only a little bit of your story. Let the people know where they can connect with you, how they can connect with you, uh, what you're up to. I know, uh, I know that we, we kind of talked about a lot of shit today, a lot of random stuff, yeah. but I, th I think it all kind of affects the big, big picture as far as um, talking about mental health. Uh, mental health awareness day just passed October 10th. Uh, so, you know, if, if you're struggling, always feel free to reach out to myself on Instagram and then Richard's about to drop uh, some ways to reach out to him too. Go for it. Yep. So my Instagram is Richie Fresh 1991 and you can reach me on there. It's not a private account. Um, I also just created a Facebook page to help spread my story and awareness about mental health and depression. And I have quite a long page of stuff to read about the things that have happened to me on there. Um, there's a lot, 30 years of stuff almost, <laughs> but it's, I think it's just, I, I can send you the link if you want to put it. Yeah, absolutely. For the comments yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. Fresh in 1991, and he'll drop the link for my Facebook page. For sure. Uh, thank you for being open and vulnerable to sharing your story. It's really important for us as dudes and guys who identify as males to be able to share like that. And uh, how you opened up on you know your GoFundMe and reading through that and the history of what you've been through you know, know that you're supported, you're loved, you have, you have people in your life. And this goes to anyone kind of dealing with anything. You, you always got someone to reach out to, whether it's me or Richard or uh, the, the available resources out there um, for you if you're going through mental health uh, crisis. So whew, thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate you being open, vulnerable. Um, Absolutely. Thank yeah. You. And, and uh, we'll try to, we'll try to yeah, do this again. Appreciate we'll you me, sorry. I appreciate you giving me a platform uh, yeah. and a place where I can talk about this. And I feel super comfortable with you because I know you're a great dude. You're an awesome person. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Well, shit. Take care of yourself. Don't be afraid to reach out. Uh, and yeah, thanks for doing this again. Really appreciate it, man. Absolutely, man. Let's get a lift at the yeah. LA Fitness sometime. For sure. All right, man. All right, brother. You have a good day. Peace, you too.